You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. This is CBS Sports Radio. You are locked in to the JR Sport Brief show. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. If you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family, Rocket, Rocket can. It's halftime of the show, folks. I'm going to be hanging out here with you for two more hours. If you know math, two more hours left. This being halftime means that there were two hours previous, and this means it's a four-hour show. I get started at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. Thank you to our friends listening up in Buffalo. Thank you to my friends listening in Boston, Miami, Wisconsin, Texas, just Idaho, Colorado, Seattle, San Diego, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, here in Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, Anchorage, Baltimore, D.C., Ohio. I mean, everywhere. I'm here with super producer and host Stu Kovacs. Oh, no, you're not. Hey, wait a minute. You're not Stu Kovacs, are you? Right, listen, that's an honor. You're not Stu. You're super producer Dave Shepard. Stu Kovacs is, is, is an OG. He is an OG. Between the two of you guys, I might I might cry like uh, Francis Tiafo. <laughs> Thank you. You guys are great. No, I really do. Between you and Stu, I love y'all. I got no problem saying it. But anyway, speaking of crying, Francis Tiafo, he just lost the U.S. Open semifinal. He just lost in Queens, New York. And he was, you know, he didn't, he didn't boo-hoo, he didn't cry, he didn't let it all out, but he was definitely disappointed. He was close to tears. Francis is 24 years old. We've been hearing about this man, young man, for the better part of a decade now. And he's walking right into his prime. And he was just beat by a 19-year-old from Spain, Carlos Alcaraz. He just beat him. This match took about four and a half hours. Carlos Alcaraz just played Wednesday night into Thursday morning in what was almost a five and a half hour matchup. He finished playing at 2.30 a.m. Eastern time. The hell is that? And now he comes back on Friday and now he's going to the U.S. Open final to take on Casper Ruud on on Sunday. And so Francis Tiafoe was basically the, the United States of America's best and last chance to go out there and compete for a championship, to represent the United States of America. Tiafoe is out of Maryland. Parents are originally from Sierra Leone. He grew up in Maryland, played tennis in Maryland, went to the tennis center. Damn it, his dad literally helped build it and put it together and oversee it. That's how he got involved. And so now he's stepping into his prime, and he was just disappointed. He said in his post-match interview on the court, he said he feels that he let everybody down. 
Michelle Obama was there tonight. Larry Fitzgerald was there tonight. I saw my main man, Rudy Gay, was there tonight. Need to get Rudy back on the show. Who else was there? Bradley Beal was in attendance. There was a lot of people there. John Bon Jovi was there. And I don't know, maybe I'm a jerk. Just a little bit. Francis Tiafo said, oh, yeah, I let everybody down. I feel like I let everybody down. I think it was Patrick McEnroe said, oh, you didn't let anybody down. And to me, I said, oh, yeah, you let me down. I'm disappointed. I'm sad. Not that it matters. Not that my opinion matters to Francis Tiafo, but I'm disappointed. He did let me down. I don't need no stinking Andy Roddick. I don't need no Isner. I don't need no Blake. These guys were all fodder. They were all stepping stones for Nadal and Federer and Djokovic to kind of beat around. And so, no, we don't have a dominant player in tennis representing the United States of America. We don't have, now that Serena is gone, we don't have a dominant woman representing the United States of America. I hope we don't end up like soccer. I mean, we can't dominate everything. You know, we send our folks into uh, football, into basketball. Can't dominate everything. But if we wanted to, yeah, we could wipe the world with tennis. Let's give Kevin Durant a racket. I don't know. Who else is ridiculously long and athletic? Come on, Shep, help me out here. Jimmy Butler, right? I mean, Jimmy Butler's around 6'8". Yeah, we give him a racket. I mean, Bam Adebayo would be a very good tennis player. Oh, he's too powerful. Yeah? Ace is all over the place. <laughs> who's an American? Well, I mean, I guess that would be Durant. I was going to say, who's an American built like Giannis? I mean, LeBron's going to be great at anything you put him on, right? If we Any put venue LeBron, he plays, he's going to be great. If we put LeBron into tennis, he'd be the world's best, right? I'd say so. I mean, is Anthony Davis going to be healthy? You know? Oh no, no, no okay, no. You know no, who be? You know who be? You know who be great if nothing else because of how hard he competes, who? Uh, and how quick he is and tenacious he is. Uh, Pat Bev. Oh, in tennis? Oh, in, yeah. In tennis, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. not saying He'd that be, as a joke. Rid, no, I agree with you. Ridiculously demonstrative. He'd be a great. Yeah, he probably would be. Yeah. We need to get in a great American tennis player. I need some I need to root for somebody. I'm tired of Nadal. Sick of him. I'm glad that Tiafo got him out of there. Federer is basically old. I think he's done. And then Djokovic will be back next year. When he probably doesn't have to travel around the world without a shot. Tiafo did say this. I told you about the emotion after his loss. This is the interview, courtesy of ESPN. I think I speak for everybody here tonight when I say thank you for that performance tonight. What would you like to say to this crowd? I gave, I gave everything I had. Too good from Carlos tonight. I gave everything I had. I gave everything I had for the last two weeks. Um, you know, honestly, I came here wanting to win the U.S. Open. I, I feel like I let you guys down. Um, this one really hurts. This one really, really hurts. You, you didn't let anybody down, believe me. Um, 
Too good from Carlos, man. You're gonna you're gonna win a lot of Grand Slams. You're a hell of a player, a hell of a person. Um, I'm happy I got to straight court and such a big stage with you. Um, I'm gonna come back and I will win this thing one day. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you 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 let well you don't care, but I'm disappointed, and it's not because of him. I'm just I'm waiting for an American to emerge. I want to root for somebody. I'm sick of looking at the same three damn guys. Alcaraz won in five sets. Tiafo won the first one. Took a tiebreaker, seven to six. Alcaraz wiped the floor with him in second and third, six three, six one. They go to another tiebreaker where Tiafo comes back in the fourth set, and then Alcaraz won the fifth and final, six to three. And so, good luck to the nineteen-year-old. I'll kind of tune in and out, maybe. The U.S. Open's men's final will be going up against NFL football, so you can assume where my priority will be. Not with the U.S. Open men's final, but Tiafo says he's going to come back and win it one day, and at 24 years old, I hope he comes back and that he wins a few. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We've talked football. We're going to get back into football before we roll out. We'll have a conversation next hour with Raiders wide receiver Mac Hollins. He's going to join. There's an interesting situation going on. Hmm. Esports. Mac Hollins doesn't just catch passes in the NFL. He's also an advocate, as I am, for Special Olympics. And there's something cool that he wants to share. We'll do that next hour. But we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson right now. We've gone through the full slate of NFL games. We've talked about the action in college football on Saturday. And we'll get into the Basketball Hall of Fame as well. But I want to get to Lamar Jackson. Because we all know that Friday was the deadline. Self-imposed deadline. For Lamar Jackson to come through and come to an agreement with the Baltimore Ravens on his next contract. A matter of fact, this is what Lamar had to say on Wednesday. Listen. As of right now, you know, we're still talking. You know, the week's not over yet, but soon, soon, probably be a deadline, probably be cut off after this week. Kickoff, I would not be talking about a contract. I'm thinking straight Jets around kickoff time. Well, as far as a deadline on, in your The mind. end of this week, the end of this week, Friday. Yeah, well, Friday it came, it went, and they didn't come to an agreement on a deal. I was actually surprised earlier on in the day when we got the news. It pretty much came through in the morning, and I'm saying to myself, damn it, we got a, we got a whole day here. Y'all just stopped and quit? And so Lamar Jackson, on the final year of his rookie deal, he's going to be playing it out. He's going to be on an expiring contract. He will make $23 million this season. It's on his fifth-year option. And not too shabby for a guy who was selected 32 overall in 2018 after winning a Heisman. He's had to watch multiple quarterbacks drafted in front of him get shuffled around like cards. Hi, Baker Mayfield. Hi, uh, Sam Darnold. And the past few seasons, he's been running around making approximately $1 million, even after winning an MVP. If you have to think about how much he's been paid up until now, if you have to think about his draft position, he has outperformed his existing contract. That's not to say that he should be paid for past performance on a new deal, but in most cases, that's typically what happens. 
And so when you think about the contracts that have been given out in the NFL over the past several months, 230 each to Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson making a guaranteed 230. You look at Kyler, a guaranteed 190. You look at at months ago, if you have to think about per year average, oh man, Rodgers has pretty much set things up. He's like, hey guys, give me 50 per. And so if you're Lamar Jackson, you slide in and go, well, this is where things are going. I got an MVP. I've had more success than Kyler Murray. I've had more success than Deshaun Watson. And okay, if you want to put Aaron Rodgers at the top of the totem pole, then you might want to pay me 47 or 48 and let's call it a day. Or he can do what he's doing right now, and that's wait it out and then get paid more money next year. But we all know he's running the risk of injury. He's running the risk of going into this season where he's coming off of an ankle injury from this past season and getting busted up again. Could be an ankle. Could be a knee. Could be a shoulder. Could be a non-contact. Or absolutely nothing could go wrong moving into this final season of his contract. He could go out there and win MVP again. We see that he's gotten bigger. You would assume that he continues to improve as a passer. We know how dynamic he is as a runner. We've seen him have a ridiculous amount of success with the Ravens to start his career off. He's done everything that you could think about or ask except go through that AFC championship game and go to a Super Bowl. Outside of that, a ridiculous winning record, an MVP, playoff appearances, Sands last year where he got hurt at the end of the season and they went into the toilet. Is it a dangerous proposition for Lamar Jackson to play without a a future contract? Oh, yeah, it is. But to what degree? Lamar Jackson was asked on Wednesday about this being risky, not having a long-term deal in place. This is what Lamar had to say. It was a pretty big risk last season, uh, the year before. You know, um, I wasn't thinking about contract negotiations around that time. You know, um, this season is going to be the same thing. But, you know, I'm just playing football. You know, anything can happen, but God forbid, any, you know, the, the wrong thing happened. You know, I'm keeping God first and just playing ball. Okay, and he's right. Anything can happen. He's going to go out there and play football. This is not him going and playing jump rope. This is not playing chess. This is not the PlayStation Championship Tournament. He's not going to be sitting on his ass with a controller. He's going to be out there being chased down by individuals bigger than him. They may not be faster than him, but they want to take him out. And he doesn't have a deal. He also doesn't have an agent helping to negotiate his contract. And so he moves into the season on an expiring deal. You know, one of our callers brought this up earlier on in the show. He said, well, the last time that Baltimore had a quarterback that went into the final season of his deal, he got a contract extension after his team won the Super Bowl. And that's someone that 
everyone's familiar with in Baltimore, that's Joe Flacco. And by coincidence, Joe Flacco is going to start this Sunday for the New York Jets because Zach Wilson hasn't recovered from his knee injury. The Ravens are going to play the Jets. And so Flacco was asked about Lamar Jackson and his contract. And Flacco said, yeah, there are some similarities, you know, almost 10 years ago. This is what Flacco had to say. I really view it as betting on myself, and therefore I didn't really have to put any extra pressure on myself. I was confident in the player that I was and, you know, what was going on at that time and what it all is. And I'm sure he feels the same way. Uh, He's confident in the player that he is and, you know, he's, he's going to be that player and and all that. So I think at the end of the day, he probably feels like it's all going to settle where it should. Yeah, he, he has to feel and be confident in who he is. He has to be. Otherwise, he would have just signed on the dotted line and, and took the money. But here are the differences, and I, I think most of us know and understand this. Flacco is not the same type of player as Lamar Jackson. He wish he wishes he could move like Lamar. Probably he wishes he could have 10% of the movement that Lamar Jackson has. So every time Lamar Jackson moves, he potentially sets himself up for that hit. Is he great at evading it? Yes. Do I think people uh, put him in a space or omit how elusive he is? I think sometimes, yeah, but you put yourself out there, you can get hit. You open yourself up more. And so that's the difference between their style of play. It's much more aggressive and dangerous for Lamar. The second thing, the agent situation. Lamar Jackson is going to have to wait until March to even entertain the idea of having a new contract. He's going to have to do it. Him, his mom, his lawyer, him. March 7th, 2023, the Ravens are going to have some options and choices. They're going to start. They can tag him. They're going to have about two months, almost three months to that point until they say, oh, well, uh, we didn't work out a long-term deal. And they got options with the franchise tag. Not to really dive into the particulars, but for next season, if they tag Lamar, it could be a $46 million deal. For one season, could be. And that'll basically double his salary from what he's making this year. And that will put him in that elite class, in that Watson range, in that Murray range. It's also not to say that, I don't know, uh, Joe Burrow and Herbert don't get deals that exceed $50 million per. That's just for next season. If they don't come to terms on a long-term deal in 2024, Lamar Jackson could make $55 million for that one season. And this is going to be absolutely impossible. If they decide to franchise tag him again in 2025, he could make 80 million dollars a year he can go from 55 to 80 and that ain't happening 
This man will be a free agent or they will work out a long-term deal. They ain't paying him $80 million a season. Not happening. And so this is dangerous for both sides. Not the $80 million part because it ain't happening. But the Ravens, who have invested their entire team in offense, built around Lamar Jackson. In a couple of seasons, he could say, "Eh, I want out of here. It might happen sooner than later. From Lamar Jackson's perspective, he could say, Oh, well, uh, man, I just I broke my leg. I'm cooked. I actually believe this is a more dangerous scenario for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, I am sure and certain, has an insurance policy out. If he's smart, if everything has gone well, I will assume this man will not go broke or go poor at any point in his life. And if he's insured against injury, which I'm sure he is, he can still walk away potentially with a uh, hundred, maybe more. He's going to be paid. What, are the, what is the likelihood of a career-threatening injury? We saw Dak Prescott break his ankle and come back. I would say more often than not, we have several years in front of us of Lamar Jackson. Is it going to be Lamar in a Ravens uniform? That we'll have to see. And so is this dangerous? Is this risky for both sides? Is this dangerous for Lamar to enter into the season without a contract? The answer is yes. Is this risky for the Ravens? Yes, because the price continues to go up. And eventually, you're going to have to either overpay him or move on and start over. And so for the Ravens, I think this is trickier. I understand the injury risk, but listen to me. Lamar Jackson is going to get his money anyway. Whether it's going to come from the Ravens in in the form of a franchise tag, whether it's going to come from another team in the future, or, unfortunately, whether it comes via an insurance payout, Lamar will be fine. The Ravens now have to figure this out. And now they got to wait months. I'm going to take your calls after this. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson did not come to an agreement on a contract extension. He's in Aaron Judge territory, entering into a contract year. Is he going to have an MVP season? Or is he going to fall apart where nobody wants him? Is this too risky for Lamar Jackson? I'm going to take your calls on the other side. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, JR, thanks for taking my call. You have a great show. I listen to you on my midnight shift every night. Call in now at 855 212 4 CBS. Oh, this song in the back. Get paid. Shout outs to Dolph. Shout outs to his family. Get paid, get paid, get paid. Lamar Jackson's getting paid, but he ain't getting no long-term deal. 
the Ravens and Lamar Jackson did not come to an agreement on a long-term deal today, or I should say Friday, was a self-imposed deadline. It did not take place. We know that Lamar Jackson is without uh, typical representation in the NFL when it comes down to an agent. It's he, himself, and a lawyer. And you can go ahead and look at the deals that that have presented themselves and uh, to other quarterbacks, $50 million per year and 190 guaranteed and 230 guaranteed. And you think about his accomplishments, it's, it's rather simple where he would slot in. I would assume that it's really about the guaranteed money at this point. And so for a man who has outplayed his contract and outplayed his draft position, has had the ultimate success or great success for someone who has just started their career, this is risky for him to not have a long-term deal in place, and it's risky as well for the Ravens, who have built their entire team and offense around him. To a certain degree, many would say that they've taken advantage of his skill set. And so we got to see what he looks like this year. The Ravens will have an option to realistically franchise tag him for the next two seasons. The third season, the number would be astronomical, $80 million for one season. Not going to happen. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for both sides. But I'll tell you this, it's not as dangerous for Lamar Jackson as you think. Yes, this is football. It's a contact sport. One hit could end him completely. I'm almost sure he has insurance. It's commonplace. Second of all, yeah, you play the odds every time you step out onto the field. But the odds are higher that he'll play and he'll have success. And if he doesn't, the money's going to come either way. This is dangerous for both sides, but I'm not going to overreact on Lamar, and who knows? Maybe he steps up and has another MVP caliber season. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. Bob, it's calling from Wisconsin. You're on the JR Sport Reef Show. Hey, JR. Hope you're having a good Friday night like I am. I am, Bob. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm thinking that really Lamar should get himself an agent because those agents are out there to get the best deal they can for a quarterback. Now, Lamar's a good quarterback, but how good of an agent is he? There's a lot of really good agents out there, but they're probably very um, crappy quarterbacks. Now, my question to you is, it's kind of threefold, and I'll ask it, and maybe you can educate me a little bit about this, and then I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Obviously, these agents get a percentage of the contract. Now, the, what I want to know is, like, do they get the percentage every year that the player plays? Do they also get a percentage of the signing bonus? And then, um, well, I guess that's it. And thanks well, for taking my call. I appreciate no, it. And I'll listen off the air. No problem, Bob. Thank you for calling from Wisconsin. My understanding, and I could be wrong, and in all honesty, I don't think it makes too big or large of a difference. An NFL agent will typically take approximately no more than 3% 
of the totality of the contract. That's it, 3%. And no, it's not a massive amount. The reality is the majority of NFL players are represented, and it's the same in the NBA. Let me tell you something. It's difficult. It is tough becoming an agent. They run you through the ringer to make sure that you're not a crook. You have to, A, be able to pay for the tests. You have to be vetted. It, it's a tough world to break into. It's a tough world. You, me, your next-door neighbor, Sands, uh, qualifications, yeah, you can be an agent. But for a lot of people, it's not worth it. The money that you might put out in becoming a quote-unquote agent, a sports agent, you may not get that back. There is a small pool of agents who represent the majority of the players. And so although there are lots of lawyers who are agents and they might be making a pittance, they might not make anything. They may not break even. When you have to factor in, I have to recruit this guy from, from, from high school or not high school. Now you can. I got to recruit him from college. I may have to secure an advance for him. I may have to get this money back. And then at the end of the day, nothing stops him from leaving me at the conclusion. And so are there other additional spaces of revenue where an agent can make money off of a player? Yes, endorsement deals. And that at that point, you can make more money. And depending on who you are as a player, there's some players, the super superstars, they make more money in endorsements typically than they might make when they're playing contract. And that's not for everybody. Not everybody's LeBron James. Not everybody is Tom Brady. So it's, it's tough. It's not that Lamar is giving up the whole world, but the precedent has been set. He is not the only, he's not the first player to go ahead and represent himself. And by the way, the union helps out as well. The NFL Players Association doesn't allow the players just to go out there and just be thrown to the wolves. You figure it out. Richard Sherman is someone. Richard Sherman negotiated his own contracts, especially recently at the end. And who knows, he still might be back on that field sooner than later. And so it's, this is not something unusual. There are a lot of players who take the approach of, I can do this and protect myself. I'm not an NFL agent. I'm sure, and I know NFL agents are listening. Some of these, the NFL agents who are my friends, who I talk to, they listen to the show. The majority of us are not agents. But the fact is, I can look at what's been given to other folks and I can establish a baseline. You know, the intricacies of that, yes, is where an agent can come in. How many players have that leverage? Only a handful of them. Guys who have actually, I don't know, won an MVP. You can't necessarily nickel and dime them in the same way. Things become clearer, more clear cut. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. Lamar, the Ravens, what are your thoughts on this man entering into the final year of his deal on an expiring contract? We'll take your calls on the other side. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio.
listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, bro. Good night, bro. I enjoy your show, man. Every night I get in trouble with the wife listening to your show all late. Yeah, man, I'm going to get a glass of wine or something to listen with me because the show be entertaining, so she'll be on it talking smack. Call in now at 855-212-4CBS. Man, do better than that. You listen to me, your wife gets mad, and all you doing is giving her a glass of wine? You better give her something else. Come on, man. I understand, though. It'd be like that sometimes. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. Shep. Yes, sir. Oh, you know, you're not you're not married. Oh, man, no. Why you say it like that? Oh, Marriage is a marriage is a touch, touchy subject. I feel like with a lot of people, and uh, it, okay. it's not it's not something that I have found uh, success with in my life, unfortunately. Okay. I don't know if people can relate to that. I don't know if you can relate to that. Probably it's, not. It's fifty percent, man. It's, the success rate is fifty percent. Yeah, but I don't mind. I don't mind getting up at the plate, though. I'm all for the at bat. I haven't gotten the at bat Whoa. yet. I just want the at bat. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. A little Albert Pujols? Well, listen. I, I mean, Albert Pujols has been at bat for 22 years. I mean, I'll, I'll take one year at this point. Yeah. Well, I, Aaron, I, yeah. Aaron Judge hit a home run at the plate? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, let, let's put it this way, JR. What? I'm uh, ready for that next phase of my life. I, it's oh. just not easy to me. I don't have to tell you. I'll tell, I'll tell our audiences. We know what society's like these days, and— the, the culture of dating, it's not easy. So I hope everyone listening has had more success than I've had this year. Okay. I understand. Thank you. 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> it's 855-212-4CBS. So we've been talking about marriage as well, of, uh, of the football variety, the lack of a long-form agreement or announcement between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. We've also talked college football. Damn it, we talked about that amazing tennis match that took place tonight between Francis Tiafo and Carlos Alcaraz, and the 19-year-old beat the American. We just got to wait a million more years before we have a successful, consistent male tennis player. And that's just we, we got a lot more to do, even next hour before I roll out. Mac Hollins of the Raiders will join us, and I want to talk to you about the rule adjustments in Major League Baseball and even more NFL. We got a lot to do. So let's get back to the phones. 855-212-4CBS. That's Ryan. He's calling from Charlotte. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, uh, is this me? Is your name Ryan? I'm calling from Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be you then. Yeah, all good. Um, Actually, Fox River Grove. Hey, I I really enjoy your show, man. I, I listen to it. Every night when I'm driving home, I play music for a living, and I've got a lot of late nights, and and uh, I enjoy it. Anyway, my point, I guess, is Jordan. Probably I've heard of him. The, the hardest working, most focused, and talented athlete maybe to ever have existed. Tried his hand at baseball. Another sport which you'd think, because of his athleticism, 
he would be dominant at. Changing sports is not easy at a high level. I don't care how athletic, how focused, how amazing you are. It's just not that easy. And so I guess that, that, that's my point. Like, you know, this, this is, is in like, this is in reference to what? The te- the, this is in reference to the tennis. Oh, uh, what I said. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, not to sound. Well, pardon me. I'm no, probably I mean, going to. I mean, you know what? Hitting a baseball is like the most impossible thing to do. I totally get it. But yes. Well, well Ryan. Ryan. Yes. L- allow me to respond. Yes, sir. Thank you. You, you took one of the words or one of my statements out of my mouth. And for anyone who wasn't listening, as we talked about Francis Tiafo losing, I talked about the fact that a lot of our best athletes here in the United States of America, that they don't go play tennis. They go play sports like basketball. They go play football. I am not saying for someone who has played basketball at a high level for 20 years a la LeBron James to all of a sudden wake up and go play Nadal or Federer. That's, that's not what I'm saying. My point is, if they developed in a sport like tennis the typical way that someone else would instead of playing basketball or football, then we would have someone successfully out there at a high level representing the United States of America. I think the same thing holds true in the dearth of talent that we've had, or the success, I should say. I don't want to say dearth of talent. uh, In the United States men's national team for soccer. And so uh, my thought process on that will, will never change. I will tell you this. As someone who grew up playing both basketball and tennis, that the, the, the athleticism and the abilities, uh, baseball, I don't think equates. And that's the one thing that you just said. I could play tennis. I had a great old time playing tennis and basketball. I love baseball. Absolutely love it. The few times that I stepped into a batter's box to swing a bat, I realized this ain't for me. I ain't doing it. And so there's something different about having something with a little larger head instead of having a baseball bat, which has a smaller head and a a, a flat plane, basically, and trying to hit. There's a difference there. So I understand your point, but I'm not saying that, oh, my God, we can take Giannis today and have him beat Federer. Who's broken, by the way? Yeah, right on. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, fair enough. Like hitting a baseball is almost impossible for ninety-nine percent in in at, in the major league level. Ninety-nine percent of us, we just we we would fail so miserably it, it would be laughable. Yeah, but but you know, I, I mean, again, I guess I, I just feel like on a professional level. You're talking about a focus on a particular skill set that is lifelong. Yes, you know? but I, 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 I repeat. I don't want to repeat myself again. But no, I, no, I, 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 got you. I'm with I you. answered I, and I, responded I, that you're repeating yourself. I get it, I, and I, I do understand what you're saying. I, I, it's diff, tennis is different than baseball. They're they're different types of skill sets. Yes, but my, this is this is my point, and and you heard it from me. But now I'm going to repeat something I said earlier. And thank you, Ryan, for calling from Chicago. 
Aaron Judge was asked, why don't we have more? And this is me being a little bit more crass. Why don't we have more big-ass baseball players like you? He said, because they're playing football, because they're playing basketball, because they decided to specialize in a particular sport. A lot of our great athletes that you sit down and watch on Sundays during the NFL from October to June in the NBA, a lot of your baseball players, these guys were multi-sport stars until they started to specialize in a particular area. Patrick Mahomes, was he going to play in the NBA? Eh, Probably not. But this man was out there busting ass in basketball. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, before he started to specialize in baseball, Aaron Judge was all everything in basketball, in football. He had football scholarships. He chose baseball. I think he picked the right thing. This man has cracked 55 home runs. He might break the record for most home runs by a righty. Legitimately. At least in the American League. I'll say overall if it happens. And so some of our best athletes, let's just put it this way. They're not playing tennis. And if they did, they did sharpen that skill. We wouldn't be talking about Agassi and Sampras as being the last dudes. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. I'm going to get to more of your calls. We'll talk about everything, including some of these rules that will change in baseball. Here on CBS Sports Radio. 